Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tow I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy, never think about the drop Never, ever, ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. I'm MKT. It is another day. It is another podcast. And you're alive. Well done. Well done. Big up to you. Big up to you, person who survived. Um, I had a good day today. Gotta be honest with you. I had a good day. Quantum leap forward in my life. Professionally, anyway. So, very good. Very good. 2024. Uh, people are sending me voice notes that I never thought would voice note me, which was interesting. Uh, that, that, that that's more personal though. A mixed personal and professional here. So very very good. I'm having I'm having a good one. I'm having a laugh. Hope you're good wherever you are. Um, today's episode might be a little bit shorter, just because that's just the way it goes. Things will never be the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Tupac, by the way. Not really an American hip-hop fan. Um, I know a lot of people like it. I don't really... doesn't do it for me, man. I'm, I'm more of a grime Amanda. You know what I mean? You know, when I was living in the UK, that's when it kind of took off. And I, I lived... At the time, I lived in Watford. That's where it popped off. Dizzy Rascal, isn't it? So solid crew. Oh, what a time. To the 2000, late 2004, early 2005. What a time to be alive in the United Kingdom. Poh, poh, man, oh man. What a time. What a time to be alive. Freaking hell. What a time to be alive that was. I just had the flashbacks now as I'm talking about. Blimey. I used to be quite a fun person, actually. Now I'm just a just a boring guy, you know what I mean? Eating, playing chicken, and going to bed. That's what I do now, in that order. Playing chicken and bed. All right, what we're talking about today, uh, Erling Haaland. Uh, I want to talk about FIFA awards. Does anyone care? Jose has been sacked. Jose Mourinho. And uh, then I got a couple mailback, mailback questions, and uh, we'll get out. Get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? Get the hell out of here. MKT inspires. If you would like to get into the mailbag, otherwise MKT at the MKT show. I'm MKT. Mbolelo. Kaeletu. Tinta. Just want to say, we went through, it was so good last year. (laughs) Now, I don't know if these are new people to the show, although I don't even have, here's what's funny. I don't have as many followers on social media as I do listeners to the podcast, which is an interesting one. So, I mean, not that it matters. Like, I don't really care about that. Like, but I don't know. It might be new people, but we did so well last year where I wasn't getting nudes. Like, we dressed it on the show. It stopped from the, like, three or four ladies who were doing it. Uh, and there's no need to call people out, you know. But now, you know, I woke up yesterday morning, <laughs> you know, and and it's been happening a little bit this year again. I'm like, guys. So, so here's my policy for guys. Just delete it straight away. Um, because I know what the temptation is. You think you can, you know, ugh, I'll never respond. Mm. All you need to do is be have that one off day. Ugh. And the thing is, they guys are guys, you know. So I've I've decided to just manage myself and go as soon as I see it, delete it immediately. Don't engage with it. Like, is she hot? No, just delete it. Like, so. <laughs> 
In, in the words of uh, modern-day poet Joe Biden, or no, no, who was it? Was it Biden? Um, I'm, 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 ask, I'm here again asking for your help to stop with the nudes. I, I am here again asking, don't send me nudes. You know my wife. You know my girlfriend, you know? Don't do it. I, and I'm probably more saying it, because like, you're entitled to send nudes. Just don't send them to me, because I don't want to get in trouble, you know? Because what happens one day, I'm just having an off day and I engage with it, and then what? And then it all comes tumbling down. So maybe I'm, I'm just protecting myself. So it's probably best. It's maybe best if I never see a woman naked again, you know? I mean, that's ridiculous. The uh, problem is I've gone too far there. I, I know what I've done there. I've gone way too far. I've gone too far. There's somewhere between, you know, in, serving my carnal needs and not getting nudes from strangers, which could come tumble a career. I mean, it's not going to Epstein levels, which I think is good. How the hell... How the hell did Stephen Hawking? Are people just sapiosexuals, by the way? Because, I, I mean, if you're a sapiosexual, Stephen Hawking's your type of guy, you know? Absolutely unbelievable. Stephen Hawking cheated on his wife and moved on to the second carer as his second wife. I guess when you're that smart, you can manipulate anything. I, I suppose. Do you know Stephen Hawking cheated on his wife? How incredible is that? Gives hope to the rest of us. But don't go to Epstein Island. Don't, don't be that guy. Stephen Hawking. If you haven't seen the Simpsons thing, it's the Simpsons are undefeated. They have predicted everything. Sensational. All right, let's get in the show. Um, do you know what? Hey, I don't really get into awards anymore. Like the Ballander or I think Messi should have won it, but but I've never really been into awards. They become popularity things, and players vote, and it's like. Why is Erling Haaland winning nothing after winning the treble and, and coming to the Premier League in its most competitive time in the history probably of the league, breaking all the records at the age of 23 and not and winning the treble, leading his team to the treble and not winning the... If he's not going to win World Player of the Year, because remember there was the year when Thierry Henry won FIFA Player of the Year so that they could scam it for, I think it was Iniesta or whatever. Or uh, it wasn't Iniesta. Who was it? I can't, I can't remember. It could have been Messi. It was Messi. It was Messi. It was like Barcelona season, right? But if you're going to do that, why is Erling Haaland not the best player in the world? Like, what more... Uh, winning every single competition you're in and winning the toughest, the most competitive sports league in the whole world, right? And being the best in probably the most important position ever right statistically right he's the best goal scorer shattered every record across the board we know Leo Messi is the greatest player right there there's some idiots who think Cristiano Ronaldo is even in Leo Messi's universe whatever let's move on from them we know Messi's the best like you're doing too much now you're doing far too much I can't respect it I cannot so I'm I'm over awards like it's a load of nonsense right Erling Haaland not winning FIFA men's best player of the year is revolting Leo Messi plays at like league 1 level I'm sorry you can't play in America and be the best player in the world cuz the world cup wasn't last year it was 2022 right so what are we doing what are we actually doing like, I'm not into awards. Uh, can that stuff. It's useless. It, it's absolutely meaningless to me now. I mean, it has been for a while, to be completely honest with you. I mean, the fact that Samuel Eto never won a Ballon d'Or, Thierry Henry didn't win a Ballon d'Or, come on. Come on, guys. Paolo Maldini didn't win a Ballon d'Or. Like, why? Why didn't Paolo Maldini, for me, arguably the third or fourth greatest footballer of all time. How is Paolo Maldini not, not winning a Ballon d'Or? 
And then people say, oh, it's not all about stats. Luka Modric won it. What are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Don't tell me it's not all about stats and then Luka Modric is winning the Ballon d'Or. Sorry. Because if you're saying it's the stats, or it's not just about stats, it's about your style of play. Why hasn't Paolo Maldini got three Ballon d'Ors? He's got five Champions League titles across across three decades. It's nonsense now, right? Like, we can all admit it's a political game. And the worst thing is to presume that players know. I, I hate that uh, I, pl- I played the game, as uh, Graham Sunis would say. I played the game. Who cares? Who, that's, it's the dumbest argument ever. Jose Mourinho didn't play at the highest level. Julian Nagelsmann never played the game at all. Jurgen Klopp didn't play at the highest level. You don't... Being an analyst and being a manager and all these other things we now realize are specialist roles. The best sports analysts, many of them, Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd, didn't play the game. You know, Stephen A. Smith. These are magnificent orators in and around the game. Like, oratory is a craft as much as football is. So this idea that players have voted. Oh, my goodness. Players are human. They vote for their friends and, and what's hip, especially considering the age of players. Like, if they just said, okay, you have to be 30 and above as a player. And, and also, the presumption that Jude Bellingham, because he's a good um, footballer, is intelligent, is such lazy thinking. It's a false correlation. Like, there are idiots across the board. Like, not everyone's Shabby Alonso, like this highly... Not everyone's Juan Mata, like these highly sophisticated like Lillian Tuam, who are these highly sophisticated thinkers. Ian Robin. Guy's got his master's in IT. How, how incredible is that? How incredible is that? So don't, don't tell me players vote so it makes sense. It, it doesn't. It's, it's awful. It's awful that Erling Braut Haaland didn't win. A, he didn't win. Not only did he not win player of the... He didn't win a single award. Come on. He's clearly the best. Why do people say Kylian Mbappe is the best player in the world? Why do people say that? Kylian Mbappe has not done anything since 2018. He's done nothing. He's done nothing since 2018. And even then, he wasn't the star player in that team. He was the icing on an incredible cake. You, you, you'd have to say N'Golo Conte was the star player there. Like if you watch football, you know? N'Golo Conte was the best player in that team. Antoine Griezmann was the second best player in that team. You, you've, you have to be able to be honest and say Kylian Mbappe had a terrific icing season. And then after that, they crowned him the best player in the world and they gave him everything. Erling Haaland has done something more difficult. It's more difficult to do the treble. In fact, it's more difficult to win the Premier League than it is to win the World Cup. And it's even it's impossible to win the treble playing in England, right? Playing in other leagues, we know it's we know it's going. Like if you if you're in Spain, you should really be winning the double every year as either team, right? So if you win the Champions League, you should at least be winning the double whether you're Real Madrid or Barcelona. And really, like if you're humming you should really be winning the treble often. I'm surprised at how little the La Liga big clubs win the treble. It's weird. It's weird. It's a, I love the league, but it's a two-team league. Now, especially now. Now they're financially bullying everyone. Especially Real Madrid. So I'm not pleased. Erling Haaland, best player in the world. Erling Haaland is the best player in the world. You just have to be say, just say it out loud and be okay with it. Score, scoring goals is the most difficult art form in football. He's the best in the world at that. And he's not just a striker. It's so lazy to say that because he's a fox in the box. But he's brilliant. His hold-up play is incredible. He's great defensively as well. Erling Holland will get back on corners and set pieces, by the way. He's not one of these lazy strikers. He, he's not Marcus Rashford. Like, he's getting stuck in. He's a proper footballer. He, he's sublime. He's the complete striker. Somebody said um, he's like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I said, well, he's better than Zlatan because he's actually got the correct sort of 
body frame to be strong and fast. Like Zlatan didn't have pace. I mean, he had unbelievable technique, power, intelligence. But Haaland's got all of that and frightening pace. What's he, like 6'3", 6'4", but frightening pace. And once he's wrong side, he's got, not only is he gone, but if you can get back, there's no one in football today, like defenders are a little different now. They're they ball playing. No one in football today is knocking Erlang Haaland off the ball. Back, back in the day, you, you don't want to idealize them, but a Nesta, a Cannavaro, you know, you know these are powerful men. Carvalho, these, they were built differently. But now it's more subtle, slick guys. Uh, I think Chelsea have one in Dezazi who's built almost like an old-school centre-back and plays with a little bit of that steel, you know? Like Sergio Ramos, it would be nice to see prime Sergio Ramos against Erling Haaland. It'll be such an interesting battle. Because both freak athletes, by the way. Sergio Ramos, another guy, what's he, 6'3"? Six, six, he can do a backflip. It's insane. Insane athlete. Erling Haaland, insane athlete and the best player in the world. And it's revolting. I don't believe in prizes anymore. It was revolting that he didn't get a prize. Love to hear your thoughts. MKT inspires. Erling Haaland not getting a single prize. What in the set blatter are we doing? What in the set blatter are we doing? It's meaningless. That's why I hate prizes. I hate them. And don't let fans vote. That's even worse. MKT inspires. Otherwise, MKT at the MKT show. Got a nice report back um, from one of the listeners who went to the My Cape Town versus uh, Joe Super Kings game. What a game. Uh, that's Razzy Vandy Deason, who's played probably the innings of the tournament. Um and he was a Cape Town man, this gentleman, and he said he had a great time. He was taunting the JSK fans, and he was a My Cape Town fan, as they go by. It's not a My Cape Town, it's My Cape Town. And he said he was taunting guys, and quite rightly. And he said eventually people got on his side. So SA20 is flying. It is flying. Where are you in South Africa? Are you going to those games? Are you enjoying it? Do you like T20 cricket? Do you believe in Test cricket? Is 50 overs dead? We'd love to hear from people that are cricket fans. All right, let's finish off on this. We'll finish off on the mailbag, but I will finish off in terms of talking what I'm going to talk about. Quick one on Jose Mourinho. Listen, I've always said to people, nines shouldn't date sixes. It happened with Carlo Ancelotti and Everton. I don't know why Mourinho took the Roma job. I just don't get it. Like, it's a it's a historic club, but first of all, why is Mourinho working in Syria? It's a joke of a league. It's, I mean, it's it's a rotten league. It's rotten, right? It's so corrupt. It's decrepit. The stadiums are falling apart. The product is awful. Don't fall in love with history. You know, you know, people who look into the rear mirror. And the review mirror all the time. Like you're in big trouble. Face forward. Face forward. You can't you cannot change the past. You keep it in a ledger. We don't want to repeat it, but go forward. And I don't know what Jose you know, the thing about coaches is they're sick. Like Jose Mourinho is gonna coach until he's ninety, right? He'll be coaching like an under twelve team to his deathbed. So having been around high-level coaches, and, and certainly not that level, um, but, but high-level coaches at Premier League level and having seen them, these guys are sick. Eh? Like, we like football, you know? Like, I love football. But these guys work 15 to 18 hours a day. They just, like, it is their life. Like, these coaches are just sickos, eh? They are absolutely sick. So for Mourinho... When I say I can't understand why he went to Serie A or Roma, it's because he's way better than that. So it's a nine must never date a six. The reason is there is natural tension in relationships anyway. Every relationship starts at about a four and a half, five out of ten tension that's going to exist naturally. Now, when you are a nine and she is a six, 
or she is a nine and you are a six. That gap, that three point gap is added tension that you are deliberately adding into the relationship. Now, that rating system, I will let you decide how you're doing it. Is it just looks? Is it looks money, family, security, personality? Whatever you, however you rate a whole human being, and I'm talking to serious people here. I'm not just talking about those that are looking for a, a little side piece summer action. But you know what I'm saying. So Jose Mourinho is a nine. Roma's like a four. Serie A right now is like a two, but Roma's purely historic. Right? It's, a, it's kind of like what Man United fans are going through. It's like, oh, we were so great. Uh, Nottingham Forest, Liverpool, who were so great in the 80s. And they forget that football's been played now. So I don't know with Jose. Obviously, he's sick. He just wants to coach. And I think he's a little out of flavor here. Like, where can he go in Spain? It wouldn't work in Germany because they don't give you total control at Bayern Munich. So, and Pep Guardiola found that out and, and that's why he had to leave, was you're not getting Catalan bored here. You're not getting Ferran Sariano and, and Chiki Bergestein to come and be the board, the head of the board when you got Karl-Heinz Rummenacher. That, that ain't happening. And it was the first time Pep Guardiola has ever been criticized. You remember uh, Dirk Kaiser, RIP, saying he doesn't like this football, this tippy-tappy football. Pep Guardiola has never had that. You must remember Pep Guardiola thinks he is the god of football. He does not handle criticism well at all. So, and and I mean, Mourinho is just, it's, it's not going to work at Bayern Munich, right? Like, we know that. That, that. that, his personality and Bayern Munich, no way. No chance. So he couldn't go there. He, there's no way he can coach Barcelona. What's left? There's nowhere else really to go. And I think he's out of, he, he was that Tottenham bruising way of leaving. I think he's out of, he's out of favor in the top, top echelons of English football. However, having said that, Newcastle, Jose Mourinho is available now. You know why Jose would be perfect for them now? They now need to go to stage two because Eddie Howe hasn't actually he, he's done the wrong thing. He's become obsessed with playing beautiful modern football. What's the, what's the identity? What's the culture at Newcastle? Because you can't look at them and go, ooh, they're a high-pressing team or they're a clever team. All that's happened is they had a great manager bounce and last season they overachieved. But we saw this at Bournemouth. He did this exact same thing in the Premier League. People say, yeah, he stayed up for five years. Okay, like, Tony Pul- so did Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis, I think, stayed for eight years with Stoke. Like, are we getting style points now? Get rid of Eddie Howe. I don't know what he's doing. What does he do? For me, all I, like, and I'm watching from a technical, tactical setup, besides kick and run kind of style, he doesn't really have a high-pressing team. They don't play clever football. I don't really know what their identity is. One thing about Jose Mourinho that he'll bring into the football club is winning is the only option here, guys. And what that'll do is Newcastle are probably like a six at the moment, right? If he, if Jose can just get them to a seven, seven and a half, even if he doesn't win, but he must bring that into the club. Because what does Eddie Howe know about winning? What does he know about winning? I'll tell you how much he knows about winning. Nothing. Not at this level. He's not the guy. I, I don't get this romanticism where people go, but look what he did last season. What did he do? Leicester won the league and then got relegated. So it, it, I'm not impressed by that, by the way. I, I, just, I don't get this idea why they didn't fire Eddie Howe last year. It's like, okay, we're in the Champions League now. Get a Champions League manager. Why aren't you doing that? Well, Listen, you can't fix your mistake because Jose Mourinho is available now. Give Jose the 18-month contract and in your mind, be set that it doesn't actually matter whether Jose Mourinho wins or not. What he's going to do is instill at Newcastle. Here's how you win. Remember what Man United refused to let him do? Because Jose will call it out. The thing about Eddie Howe, he's just grateful to have the job. Jose is going to come and say, "Mm, Dan Byrne... 
mm, you're gonna have to go. That's not gonna work. You know, like he'll just call it out. As he tried to do, as you as you heard with his interview with Man United, Jose will call it out. Like Dan Byrne, that's not gonna work. Matt Target, that 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 ain't gonna work. Joe Willock, nah, that ain't it. Do or do you guys want to win or do you want to participate? That's how we want to win. Say, so, well, you got to get rid of Joe Willock then. Callum Wilson. He, he what? I had Drogba and Crespo at the same time. I had Drogba and Shevchenko at the same time. I had Eto and Melito. Diego Melito at the same time. It was Gabby Melito. I always get them mixed up. This is what we're talking about. I had Stankovic and Wesley Schneider. Xabi Alonso and Kadera. I don't have one. I have two. I, have, I need both of them. That's what we're talking about here. Because we're cooking. He's, we're cooking with gas. That's what Jose Mourinho will bring to Newcastle that they don't have now. Because if you, if you want to win, it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? Just have the hard conversations early. Relationships, business, doesn't matter. Have the uncomfortable conversations early. Don't worry about it. And then your gravy. Then, like... If you're putting things up front, then you're set for a good time. Let's just put it on the table. Like, hey, I'm insecure and I've got some issues in my family, uh, but I'm, I'd like to work on that. And I believe I'd, if, if I'm with you and I'm stable, we can both work through that. But just be aware that my family's a nightmare. Okay, there we go. Now you know. It's on the table. No one's surprised by anything. No, nobody's blindsided. That's what Jose is going to give you. Uh, Dan Byrne. Ugh, ugh. Is, he, is he like Ashley Cole or not? Not. No. It's not like Ashley Cole. Ugh, then he has to go. Remember, Jose tried to call this out at Man United. And it's now coming out. You saw his interview on, with John A.B. Mikkel. He tried to get rid of Luke Shaw. He tried to get rid of Marcus Rashford. He tried to get rid of uh, Anthony Martial. And the club refused. But that's what you're going to get with Jose, right? Let's call it out. Do you want to win? And in Jose's own words, he told the Man United board, if you want to win, you will not do it. You will not achieve it with these players. And the board chose the players. Pogba. That, that type of player. Jose is going to call it out. So if I'm Newcastle, just fire Eddie Howe. This season's finished. What are you going to be doing in 12 months? Eddie Howe has shown you everything he can do. He's not a man manager. He's not a motivator. He's not. He's not a winner. Like what is he? He's nothing. He's a. He's a. He's, this is not a Disney movie. Like it's over now. It is over. Just cut the cord. It's over. Yes, nice story, nice football. Oh, Champions League. But Leicester won the league. Blackburn won the league. One swallow doesn't make a summer. Throughout his career, that was the anomaly and not the rule. The problem is everyone's romanticizing him. I was arguing with someone the other day. I said, his career is no better than Sam Allardyce and Tony Pulis. It's just that because he plays, you know, young and he's English and he plays, relatively speaking, enterprising football, which is actually, he, he, they concede too many goals. He's always done this, even at Bournemouth. There's, there's a way to play open football, but be clever about it. Like Jurgen Klopp plays incredible football, and they don't concede that many goals. They've got the best defense in the league. Mikel Arteta plays great football, but it's not gung-ho. Like Eddie, Eddie Howe's football is so gung-ho. That's what got Bournemouth relegated. And, and the big thing with Bournemouth is he refused to adapt. Like now, players are injured. He's not changing his tactics. Like all he's got is 4-3-3. And hope Isaac does something. And Gordon's just unreal. Okay, but you're missing midfielders. Can you maybe play a 4-5-1? Can you play three, three centre-backs? Like, can you mix it up? He, he has no, what they call in baseball, a change-up. I don't get this thing with Eddie Howe. What, is, what am I missing? Am I losing my mind? Because I'm watching the football. It's tactically so bland and so basic. There's nothing. There's no second dimension to it. And now the, 
football, there's too much money now. They figured them out. They figured it out. It's over. And Jose is available. Don't worry with Jose about winning. Worry about culture. Love to hear your thoughts. MKT at the MKT show. Your thoughts on Jose Mourinho going to Newcastle. I'll do more on Jose on uh, on another podcast because the disrespect is disgusting. He's the second greatest manager of this generation after Sir Alex, right? You've got to be able to say it. He won the Champions League with Porto for crying out loud. Do, do us a favor. All right, uh, let's get into the mailbag. If you'd like to get into the mailbag, it's very, very easy. Twitter or, or X or Instagram is uh, MKT Inspires, uh, but Instagram's the best. It's the it's the best chat function. So slide in the DMs, whatever you would like to ask me. Let's start with this one. Uh, Tabo Padi. So it's P-A-L-I, but if you're from Lesotho, obviously, and L is a D. Tabo Padi says, MKT, I have genuine concerns about principles and honor in the English Premier League. Forget the VAR and the racism. Everton got fined, got points deduction. Now it's happening again with Nottingham Forest and Everton facing points deduction. Man City has 115 charges against absolutely not again and absolutely nothing has happened. Can you touch on this, please? I'm happy to do it. First and foremost, when Nottingham Forest was spending all that money, I was like, what is going on? Like, we know what the rules are. And Everton, it seems, are just running a spaza shop. It's just like, is Dockfell or, or what's going on there? So first and foremost, before those clubs blame anybody, right? So let's, before we worry about the Premier League and Man City and anyone else, you're not allowed in life to behave poorly and then say, yes, but my little sister or my brother does that. So how come you don't punish them? Like, no, 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 no. Just let, can we just deal with you behaving poorly? Everton and New, uh, and listen, Nottingham Forest have admitted that they've come short, by the way. Both clubs have admitted that they've fallen short of the standards. Now, Everton are pushing back um, and they'll have their, their, their own things to say on both charges. But Nottingham Forest have accepted the charge to say we overspent. They spent over 200 million pounds. Remember that one window they bought 11 players, I think it was. That Jesse Lingard. I don't know if Jesse Lingard came in for free. Anywho, I was like, wow, this is incredible amounts of spending. And for those who don't know, remember every, you can't have more than 105 million pounds losses in a three-year window. Financial window. Both, both clubs have fallen short of that. Everton have done it over two different three-year periods. They've screwed up. I mean, what are we doing? Those clubs must ask themselves, what are we doing? So let's look at that on its own. The Man City thing, obviously we've heard now Richard Masters had to go in front of the government and he said a date has been set for Man City eventually. Remember, that investigation has been happening over three years. So they're not the same thing. It's not cut and dry. Like this one's cut and dry. The rules are you can't have losses of over 105 million. Both clubs have that. And it seems Everton have another, they're already in a second default. I mean, what are we doing? Like Everton are a complete spaza shop. Fine, whatever, right? So, And both clubs have admitted that they've breached the rules. So we mustn't feel sorry for them. The Man City thing, it's been an investigation of 115 charges. Now, you can imagine an investigation of that scale and what they're being accused of is going to take some time. Also, because they are so wealthy, they're going to throw, they're just going to throw lawyers at that. But eventually, the Premier League have conducted um, the investigation and are now ready to present the case. They say the date has been set. Uh, Richard Master says, we don't know when that is, but the date has been set. So City's day is coming. Do not worry about that. But City should be separate from these two 
Muhu clubs who have, they know the rules. They know the rules. Let me tell you what my, my, my ex-girlfriend, right, good old, good old Anya, she used to say to me, because I was a bit of a razzler back in the day, but by, by then, you know, I think I'd kind of settle on. But, but anyway, I've got, a, I've got a little bit of a, a devilish streak in me, some might say. And she, she had a thing about, so, so she's a particle physicist, you know, very, very highly disciplined. She used to snowboard for, for her country and very, very moderate sort of temperament. And she said, if you don't want to get in trouble, don't do what you shouldn't do. Don't go where you shouldn't go. Like, it's not that hard. I mean, when you hear it like that, we are, people are people. But, but that was her thing. Don't do what you shouldn't do. Don't go where you shouldn't go. I mean, back then, I, I mean, even now, I, 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 I mean, I'm a pretty boring guy. But I, <laughs> I, I don't immediately just hearing it. I'm like, no, I want to no. I just want to. I just want to rebel against that very statement. But, but it's simple enough, right? And what is it they say? Simplicity is the highest form of sophistication. Like if Everton and Nottingham Forest don't want to get in trouble, don't don't overspend. Don't don't overspend. The Man City thing is coming. Don't worry about that. I think people need to stop worrying and stop saying, what about Man City? It's a completely different thing. I mean, it's the equivalent of, of a married man saying, oh, well, I, I had an evening with this woman and so did you. It's like, yeah, but I'm single. Why are you comparing your circumstances to mine? They're, we are not the same. Man City, Nottingham Forest and Everton are not the same. The, the cases are completely different. They must be viewed existentially. These are completely different. They have different sources. They have, they start at a different place. And these two clubs are idiots. I, I feel absolutely zero. You can't be at that level and be run like a spazza shop. Now, you've seen the owner of Nottingham Forest. I mean, I mean you, don't want to, you don't want to cast aspersions. But man's out here with his rosary and his hairy chest. You know, he looks. Doesn't he look like the epitome of like a like a gangster? Like, bro, this is this is the high end of business. Like, listen, I, I want to be clear. Football, football's got a brutal side to it, but it, it's there's too much money now. It's regulated. It's the United Kingdom. It's a nanny state. You, you can't get away with it anymore. You can't behave. And listen, remember the Greek economy collapsed because they don't pay taxes. Like, maybe he's, maybe he's come from that culture, you know? But it's the United Kingdom here. It's the home of global banking. What are we doing? What are we doing spending 200 million? And I mean, they they recouped. The problem was they sold Brendan Johnson. Everybody says, yes, but they sold Brendan Johnson. But it was too late. It was outside of the three-year window that they're being punished for, uh, the financial window. So that's what happened there. But the guy looks like a Greek. He looks like a Greek gangster, let's be honest. Like, come on, come on, doesn't he? I, I don't think it's I don't think it's ridiculous to say that. And he's behaving like one. That's for Everton. What a joke. Like, come on. You get caught once, fine. Twice. Come on, Doc. So I feel nothing for them there. Uh Tabo, I, I I really I don't see anything wrong there. That's like self inflicted. Self inflicted. Alright, let's see what Andile has to say. One more in the mailbag and then I'm gonna get out of here. Andile says, Good day, MKT. Hope that you're doing well. I was moved by your anecdote. Where on a rainy day in the huddle, you told the rugby team the cap or the rugby team captain to shut up in order to allow the real leader to address the team, and that you would live or die by his strategy. Well, so let me tell you how that went. Uh, it was against my class, by the way, um, in the rain, and we and we won. Um, so, so the only reason I said it was nobody else in the team at that uh, at the in the team at that stage had my like I, i've always been a bit of a vintage kind of guy and yeah we like like we knew man we knew and i'll explain to you um why i believe in this but the rest of the message goes in the context of professional sports teams how did team management make sure that the right person is appointed to lead the team, especially where the leader is not the best player or the most flamboyant. In this age of analytics, how can teams measure the impact of leadership on winning 
and thus justify keeping a given player as captain. It surely is not black and white a black and white matter as winning percentage. Lastly, Mike Brearley is lauded as some in some quarters one of the best captains of all time, helped in no small part by his headingly miracle that his test batting average was uh, was not great. In today's sports, can we keep someone in the starting lineup for an extended um, for an extended period of time just for their leadership, even if their performance is subpar? So that's a very interesting one. So let me tell you the why the school thing happens and it, it continues to happen in at lower levels and and even listen it happens at the highest levels as well so there's a psychological condition called the pygmalion effect and this pygmalion effect says if you see yourself in an in a in somebody you're coaching you are more likely to have higher standards for that person and what happens in life when you have higher standards for somebody, when you have high standards for that person, they will they will behave to, to that higher standard. And then that feedback loop is because they're behaving to a higher standard, you will give them more affirmation and keep coaching them and keep giving them the required attention to get better. And then they will keep raising their standard because you're giving them the affirmation instead of somebody who isn't like you, right? So this Pygmalion effect... So if, if this other kid, who may be as, just as talented, but you're like, uh, they look nerdy or whatever it may be, um, your ism against them is you won't coach that kid or that person because, you know, it's a psychological blind spot and that person will deteriorate uh, or stay the same because you won't be as hard and as a taskmaster on them and they won't improve. And because you're not actually coaching them, you'll almost go... Uh, of course he's going to fail because I knew it already. I'd already decided in my mind that he was different to me. She was different to me. So I wasn't going to coach her properly anyway, but it doesn't matter anyway. She would have failed anyway, right? So this Pygmalion effect is an extremely powerful um, blind spot in all of us. Pygmalion effect, you can go and look it up um, if you are interested in in human cognitive. It's a cognitive bias is what they call it. So, so in high school, it happens a lot where teachers and even high level coaches 15 16s is they pick people they like right they pick people they, they like so back then they didn't really take that um seriously so you basically just pick like the best academic and whoever the teachers and the school feels represents uh people the same but here's the thing about boarding school boarding school is very different from day scholars in boarding school you can't lie to us we see the cold face Especially in the younger years, we see the guys at the cold face every day who responds well to what by today's terms would be bullying. But we had hazing, right? Like whatever, let's call it what it is. Initiation uh, is what it's called in South Africa. Like you, we know the guys when things weren't great and we're getting quote unquote, we're under the pump here, you know, like, like we loved it. The, the lads loved it. Um, it wasn't for everyone. But we like we see the guys, right? We, we saw who the guys are who respond well to that. And even in, in all tasks, right, it, it's, it's built on a military model. In everything, all of the tasks that they assigned to test um, and to find those who could lead under stressful conditions, quite quickly, you know who that guy is. There's, there's a few guys and then there's that guy. And coaches and people would pick head of dorms. So it didn't, this didn't happen just on the rugby field. It happened in dormitories, our prefects, dorm prefects, and things like that. It's like, chief, get the hell out of here. No one, no one's listening to you. Keep it moving, bro. Like, keep it moving. Don't even, you know, for those of you who went to boarding school, you know very well is there's certain guys who would keep the hall in check. There, there's, there, there, that, and they didn't necessarily, sometimes they get it right, and the prefect is the guy we were like, my man. Like, okay, cool. We're not going to get this guy in trouble. Or as much. Cool. We behind him. He's the guy. He's a gent. He understands. He protects us. Like he gets it, you know. And so there's a tremendous cognitive bias in those in those settings. And there certainly was back then. And listen, the guy who was, I mean, he was he was captain of the rugby team until we were. They made him the first team captain, but eventually, nah, that wasn't. 
2003, yeah, that wasn't going to work. Didn't work. And, and eventually, we had to have some words there. We eventually had words with the coach. A couple of us had, had words with the coach like, Sir, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? And we it wasn't a revolt, but it was just like, this guy's a knob. Firstly, he, he was a knob. And he's not that guy. And now, at that age, like, we want to, like, we, we're brothers now, you know? Like, my, I went to an only boarding school. Like, this is us now. It's only us in the trenches. Like, this guy's not it. He's not with us. So, one of the things about guys is you can't lie to us. You can lie to the coaches and, and to authority and smile and have your blazer and your tie clean all the time. But, my man, when you're in the trenches, are you that guy or not? And one of the things that I've always believed is that leaders are born. I, I do believe that. I do believe that because you've either got it or you don't. There's there's a cap to how much you can develop it. You can you can develop leaders. You can develop leaders. You can. I that I definitely believe that. But you 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 that guy. You're not. I'm sorry. Like I've just encountered too many people. You that guy or you not? And this guy was not that guy. So and I'm sorry. Like I've never been the type of guy where I'm going to tolerate, especially because we're also competitive people. And one of the things is, if you can't command, command a room of, it doesn't matter whether they're young men, if we were highly competent sportsmen, my man, if you can't command a room with us, you're finished. That's one of the things about leadership in sport. Eh? If you can't command a room, that's why you've often heard a term called these lost the dressing room. If you can't command, if you can't stand up in front of um, 15, 25 men, young or old, elite men, and get their attention and get their respect, if you don't have that alpha, you're finished. You could be, you could be the Pep Guardiola of your sport. But if you cannot stand in front of 15, 25 alpha because, listen, when you were playing rugby, the, the, when you're at the top, these are alpha. We were alpha guys who are ultra, ultra. I mean, these are some of the most competitive young people in the world. We want to win, dude. And we know, like, highly competitive people know that they need to be led by somebody who wants to win even worse. And they'll do more than we'll do. But this guy was a bum. Anyway, so at the highest level, what happens is it's a bit more sophisticated. So when I was in the academy at Spurs, what they do, what the coaching staff does, is they develop leadership um, sort of teams within the team. So there's leadership. It's not just, oh, the team votes for the captain. So there's multiple layers of leadership that are developed. So there's like a leadership panel and that leadership panel takes the team's issues to the coach, the coach's issues to the team, and they act as a sort of buffer because at that level, it's too complicated, right, to deal with millionaires. Yeah, and, and we had this in the academy, by the way. But at that top, top level, it's not just, oh, okay, Kieran Dyer or Eric Dyer is your captain and that's it. Cheers, guys. It, it doesn't work like that. There's, there's multiple layers of leadership, that are installed and then generally so not always generally the team votes for the captain not always not always generally the team votes for the captain but i was talking to a coach in the english premier league so he's not a manager but he's a coach uh, i was talking to him a couple of years ago um he now works i think he's at arsenal i think he's at arsenal he's coaching arsenal but it is interesting what you're saying about the analytics now. That old school, and it, listen, the, the new generation is very different because what I've noticed, and, and maybe it's anecdotal, but the alpha man is out now in general in society, right? Like, it's, it's a, I think it's admired in certain circumstances. And obviously, when things go wrong, you do need alphas to lead because them soft-ass bitches don't know what to do and they panic. But... The alpha male being out front is out now. And that is a part of this new society, you know. Like, I can't look at Kevin De Bruyne and say he's a captain. But he's man said he's captain, you know. Like, there's nothing alpha about Kevin De Bruyne. He's just an exceptional talent. 
He's just like, like I don't understand why Eden Hazard was the Belgium captain. Now, Vincent Company, I get it. John Terry, I get it. So again, I'm biased to that kind of thing. But in this day and age, I think it's becoming less and less important. I think it's just the analytics, let the talent win, have lots of leadership layers with coaches and psychiatrists and psychologists and performance analysts. And I think that's becoming less important. Uh, you know, um, there's a tremendous book I would highly recommend. It's called uh, The Principles of Scientific Management, which what one of the lines in there is, in the past, the man was first. In the future, the system will be first. And I think we've moved to a level of um, sophistication now when we talk about team dynamics and the specialists that build teams and uh, you know build models around synergy. There, there, there's some incredible stuff being done in in that space. You know, industrial psychology type of space. We may be moving beyond. In elite sport, is can we get eighteen? of the best talented people with certain personalities into the same squad and then we'll just have Pep Guardiola, you know? Because if you look at Man City now, like Ruben Diaz, nah, he's not that guy. You know, Kevin De Bruyne, he's not that guy. Bernardo Silva, not really. You know, there, there isn't a Patrick Vieira, there isn't that anymore. And more and more, as these guys become richer, they seem to be their own little companies anyway. So they're so specialized now, I think, these players. is I don't know if they're in it like in the past. They, I think they, they're definitely better players because you, you get better coaching from earlier. I don't know if it's like the past. You know, I don't know if we're going to see another Maldini. I don't know if we're going to see another Zanetti. Like, wow, Cafu. Like, oh, he's that guy. John Terry, that's that guy. Peter Cech, that's, you know, Drogba, that, that kind of alpha. Purely because this new generation, I don't think, respects that. So as Kylian Mbappe, like Kylian Mbappe, what's he doing as the captain? No no one thinks Kylian Mbappe is a captain. They're, they're, I mean, that Didier Deschamps, Marcel Desailly, Zinedine Zidane, they, these, were the, these were the men who were their captains. Uh, by the way, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's a new generation. I would say young people now, from what I'm seeing, prefer kinder people. They don't like a Roy Keane. Like, it wouldn't work. And I've heard it from coaches who work at the highest levels. You can't... Listen, some of the things coaches used to say to us, oh, my God, if I repeated some of that to some of the young people I talk to today, they would be... They, 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 you know what? I, honestly, I feel they would, they would dissolve... They would dissolve like the phoenix in X-Men. It, oh my God. You, you know, every generation thinks the next generation's soft. But I'm telling you some of the things coaches used to say to me at Watford and Anfield. I had a Russian coach at Watford who, her mouth, she needed soap 24-7, yeah, that thing. She's, she's the best coach I've ever had. But that's just how it was back then. I'm not saying it was better. I'm just telling you what it is. That's gone now. I mean, you saw, you heard what Jose Mourinho said was, when he when he yelled at a player, well, he subbed a player, and his that player's agent phoned Jose Mourinho at Man United to say he's bullying his player. I mean, could you imagine that happening to Fergie? So I don't think in this day and age. I think you're right. The analytics will determine who will be captain, and it matters less and less. Like I, I really, I don't feel like the alpha is respected anymore there's so few of those that are coming through because it's that that's being suppressed in society you must remember these footballers are people they come out of society so this new generation can have kevin de bruyne and that's like oh he's the best player and he's the and killing about his vibes like paul pogba was wearing the armband at this age it's, it's a different time now you know look across the board like conor gallagher is the chelsea captain I mean, that's hysterical. Bruno Fernandes, like he's, he shouldn't be allowed to buy a captain's armband, forget wear one. You know, like, like Virgil van Dijk's not a captain. That's not Steven Gerrard. Like he's a very good, I mean, he's a world-class player. Let's not get that wrong. But there's nothing about Virgil van Dijk where you go, yeah, all right. That's that guy. You had Stevie G. Like, come on. 
And, and Stevie G is not just a romantic story. Like, that's that guy. That's that dog. You know this. You know this. I know this. Arsenal. The great Vieira. We know this. Arteta himself was a, a leader of men. A proper, proper, proper skipper. He was a, he's a proper captain. Right? Carles Puyo. And you don't want to idealize the past. Like, I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't want to romanticize the past and say, oh, oh, in my day, right? I'm just telling you the character profile. Again, it's to my biases. I'm, I'm biased to alpha men. Like, I, I no, no soft ass bitch is going to lead me. Like, I, I promise you right now. Like, if you've got no alpha, let's just save, let's both save each other. I don't care how competent you are. If, you, if you've got no alpha, I know you're, you're going to fold when uh, we get into the trenches. Get out of here. Get out of my face immediately. I would take lower competence, but some grit, you know what I mean, over Mr. I'm very, very smart and I'm wearing a suit to, to impress people. Like, brother, I'm going to steamroll you and then it's going to suck for both of us. Get out of my face. I'm sure everyone's got these leaders where you're like, and the thing is, the higher the, the higher you get, you get exposed quicker. Like competent people don't have time to waste. We want to win. But I would agree. I think the analytics now are leading to who cares who the captain is really? Who cares? Like Real Madrid, who's wearing their, that Alaba? I've, I've never felt Alaba as a leader. Who's the captain now? You know? Benzema, is he really a captain? Guy who's blackmailing... Um, Nah, can't do it. Can't do it. Ask Valbuena. So, it's a different time, man. Like Barcelona, who's the captain there? Is it Testagan? Hmm, you know? Can't do that, can we? That's not it. Even Gundogan. Gundogan was the captain, but he's... Like, he's a terrific player, but he looks like he's got the personality of a marshmallow. So I think that that's a terrific, terrific point. And I'd love to know what people think. But I, I think the, the day of Roy Keane, is, that's finished. There aren't, like, I'd love an example. I was, I was just trying to think of one now in my mind of like, wow, that's a dude's dude. Like, wow, that's a leader, you know? There isn't really one, not in the big leagues. Like, I also have Martin Udegaard. Like, come on. Udegaard looks like he wouldn't be able to, he, like he's, he'd have to go with his mommy to go and buy him an, a little lollipop down at the the shops. Doesn't he look like, he looks so young. And there's there's nothing tough about Martin Udegaard. Like, I'm from Norway and we've got a sovereign wealth fund. Doesn't he, he looks like that guy. He looks like a, a guy who's from a family with two yachts. Never known a day of, of suffering or struggle in his life. What are we doing? Now. Is he a world-class footballer? You better believe it. <laughs> Udegaard's proper. He's he proper, isn't he? We're in London, aren't we? Says Martin Udegaard. See, they're, they're, it's vibes, guys, now. But it's a new generation. We have to adjust to it. It's a new generation. They're vibes, guys. I'll tell you who I would, I, I would say. I've just thought of it. It's Declan Rice. Declan Rice has... And again, he's leaning into my biases. He's that guy. You can see he's that guy. Takes it seriously. Football, you know. So just so people know what my what my ideal captain is, it's Javier Zanetti. So that's my football hero. Right? He's been my football hero forever. Javier Zanetti is my football hero. Like that guy. I, I met a Chinese lady in um, Spain when I went to go and work with La Liga last year. No big deal. And she she was a Chinese Inter Milan fan. And she said, no, I've been an Inter Milan fan for like 20 years. I was like, you're joking. And she said, I kid you not. She said, when I used to watch Zanetti play, I was just like, oh, he's here. I feel safe as like a fan. She's like, her, she articulated it as, just when I saw him, I felt safe. Because he's that guy. If you're an AC Milan fan, you had Nesta and Maldini. And Cafu. <laughs> Unbelievable that that team under Carlo only won one Serie A title. All right. I, I, I don't really know if I've answered the, the question there. It's very long-winded. And I thought I thought it was a brilliant um, DM. But I, I, I listen, I think 
I think if you get... Like, Declan Rice isn't a world-class player. To answer the question, um, can we keep someone in the starting lineup for an extended um, period on leadership? Remember, that's rare, hey? Roy Keane is rare. I think Declan Rice is one of these guys. I don't really rate Declan Rice the player. But one of the things about men, particularly rich men, it's very difficult to keep them accountable. Once you've paid men, you've already affirmed their behavior. And I take it back to my boarding school days. The problem with men is they will only follow who they want. And that one's not about money. Like, you've got to have that personality. Right? Do we look up to you? Do we respect you? Do we think you're that guy? Because if we think think of that guy, very little matters. If you say, and one of the things about men is once we follow you, we will go, we'd rather lose. And we used to say this um, at school. We'd rather lose with your decision than win with that Dickhead's decisions. And and I like Declan Rice. He's got that. Steven Gerrard had that. Nesta had that. Marcel Desailly had that. You know, Didier Drogba had that. That, that. that guy. So I think Declan Rice is similar. So what I would say to answer that question is, yes, I do think you can tolerate lower ability and Arsenal are doing it. Right? You cost them £105 million because you're not really paying for the talent. You're going, oh, this guy is going to lead. Because you know when leadership is for. It's not for when things are going well. If anything, the great thing about Roy Keane and Declan Rice and these types of personalities, when we win, we're supposed to. When we lose, what the hell is going on? Never get too high, never get too low, and maintain the most important thing. The standard. The standard. That's what Declan Rice and these guys bring you. Carles Puyo. Sejo Ramos. You've got to keep millionaires in check, man. So yes, to answer your question, I think if you find the one, which is very rare, yes, you can have Declan Rice, who's not as good as a Tony Cruz, Sammy Kadera back in the day, a Rodri. But you can have him in because what he, what he does is he lifts, every, lifts everybody else's standard. Because when you're Declan Rice, right, and when you're that guy, you can demand things of others that they wouldn't demand of themselves. That's what made Roy Keane special, John Terry special. They weren't, they weren't the best players. But Sir Alex Ferguson said, the thing about Roy Keane, and they hate each other, said the thing about Roy Keane, he said, he's the best one I've ever had. And they can't stand each other. He said, it's like having another manager on the field. I urge you, if you can, to get a hold of games where Keane was playing. The yelling he would do to players. Nemanja Vidic. Go and look at the way those guys used to talk to to these. Because let me tell you something. Wayne Rooney loves that. Wayne Rooney loves people having a go at him. Because let me tell you what successful people hate. And people in general, really. But successful people hate when you have no expectations of them. So Rooney's loving it if Keane's having a go. Because deep down, Wayne Rooney knows what he's doing. Right? And, and if anything, Rooney's going to have a go back. right? Because you've touched him on his studio now. But Rooney, Rooney's loving it. He was loving it when Vidic is having a go. A full go. I mean, I remember the, uh, Rooney and Ferdinand and, and Vidic, they used to have a full go at each other. But Rooney's... If you were to ask him now, he... And let, I'm not Wayne Rooney. But I loved it. I loved it when in school, when the two, the two or three men I respected who were leading us on the rugby field were having a full go if I was having a bad game or made a mistake. But not everyone can talk to me like that. Like, our coaches couldn't talk to me the way these guys talk to me. That wasn't going to go well for anyone. And, and I'm not just saying me. So it's, it's important, man. It's important for guys. I don't know about women, but it's important that you have some alpha in the sporting context. There's very different people. Some people don't respond well to that. That's fine. Then you don't belong in the hardcore. And it is exclusive, by the way. I've never made an apology for sport at the highest level being exclusive. It is. It's for. It's strictly for a certain performance type. You've got to have what they call an appetite for ambiguity. You can't be sensitive at the the higher the level you go. Don't be sensitive. Like leave that at home. Uh, don't become a professional sportsman if you want to be sensitive. 
don't, don't become an investment banker if you want to be if you want to be sensitive. It's just not the space. Very long-winded way. Not sure I, if I even answered the question then, but that's that. That is that great question. Dealing. And hope you have a great day, whatever it is you're doing. If you're philandering with your boss, if you are perhaps having an affair with your brother's husband, go home, Susan. Shouldn't be doing that. Or if you're just, you know, pruning the yard, which is not an innuendo, you, you might actually be listening on the weekend. And you decide, it's been raining. It's raining in Africa because I miss the rains down in Africa. Let let me prune the yard. You know, the weeds will only grow if you don't prune the yard. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.